0: Welcome to the Chicago Bears podcast, a presentation of ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat the Designer.
1: Bet on Bears fans, another episode of the Chicago Bears podcast coming your way. Pat the Designer, Jason McKee, here on a Wednesday. We got to talk about, y'all know what we're here for, Kevin Warren. A Justin Fields supporter. Question that to the panel, question to uh, uh, everybody in the comments. Does that matter, though? Gotta talk about the impact that Kevin Warren's words and his support, which seemed overwhelming to me, and and we'll break all that down, means for Justin Fields' future. Also talk stadium. The stadium is a very interesting situation to me. He said something about the stadium that I thought was very, um, that changed my mind on something that I was like, if you're the Chicago Bears, you should have this, no matter what, for a competitive advantage. So we'll get into that as well. All that more today. Today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Almost said the wrong podcast. Uh, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave that five star review. Y'all know what to do. I got five shows today, j Max. So I'm, I got a lot of different podcasts in my mind.
0: Yeah, every time I look up, man, Pat, you on a podcast. You on The Breeze. You on our podcast. You're, <laughs> doing, you're always, you know, putting out breaking news. But you know what, It is great content. You do a good job, man. You keep the people informed. And, and as Bears fans, I think, you know, make sure you check out my guy, Pat, the designer. Not just here. But on all his podcasting platforms, you do a great job, Pat. It's oh, always a joy to join you on Wednesdays, my brother. I know we got a lot to talk about. Kevin Warren, I watched that interview, man. It was, I, I, first off, shout out to my shout guy, Jared Jared, Payton. Payton. Jared. Jared did a great job, and, and that was in Las Vegas. I'm surprised his voice wasn't hoarse because I know he's out there karate kicking it. You know, it's <laughs> out there kicking it, bro. But uh, Jared always does a great job in the media. Jared's a great guy. Uh, gave us some good content about Kevin Warren, and, um, and I know you were talking about it when we first started a pod, but I think the one thing that uh, that I took away and that I really, you know, I have a similar – I'm in an accord with him in terms of the stadium being downtown. You know, at first mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Arlington Heights, that's awesome. It's closer to my house. There will be better parking. I ain't got to drive downtown and all that traffic. <laughs> that's yeah. what I was on. I
1: ain't going to stop with
0: you. and <laughs> you know, working on Sundays now. You know what I mean, Pat? I ain't got to, like – Get up at six o'clock and be at the stadium trying to race Tom Thayer to the stadium <laughs> on game day. But uh, you never
1: beat Thayer, bro. I'm not going to lie to Thayer, you. Hey, bro,
0: Thayer's there at four o'clock. If it's a, yeah. if it's a 12 o'clock game, Thayer's yeah. there at four in the morning. I'm like, Thayer, like, are you helping painting? Are you helping to paint the field? Like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> he's locked in,
0: man. That's my guy.
1: Uh, I, I guarantee you, he's still running drills from the 80s out there at like 530, <laughs> bro. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, he not playing around. He, he's in too good of shape. <laughs> Thayer has, I'm telling you, when we go on the road or, you know, we always
0: go out as a crew for dinner and Thayer has the best stories, man. Like <laughs> Thayer is like the man of the people, bro. He knows yeah. everybody. I like, mean, he's got stories with Frank Sinatra, Michael Jordan. Dennis it makes Bobby. so much sense. <laughs> he is the man. He is a man of the people, man. And, and, and he's a great storyteller the way he presents it. I mean, he's, he's an awesome guy. That's my guy Thayer, man. That's my big brother. So, but but yeah. But let's let's before we we, we hey 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 hey
1: you went a little too far there.
0: <laughs> we doing a whole pod about our guy. We gotta get Thayer on the pod too. We, we gotta
1: know. get Thayer on the pod. We, we need, need Jeff pod. on the pod. Those, I literally was thinking that as he was saying it like we had Thayer or Jeff on. There. Yeah, too easy. Too. We just had Devin Hester. So make sure just you, had you Devin. check out that pod.
0: Um, you know, me and Pat was able to get him right after his uh they announced the Hall of Fame. So. I know we'll be doing more with him in the future. We will be down there in Canton for his enshrinement. Him, Julius Peppers, and also Steve McMichael got the call uh, this past uh, weekend out in Vegas, so congrats to those guys. But, but, Pat, you know, going on, we're talking about the stadium, right, and talking about having it in Chicago, and the things I took away from Kevin Warren, it all made sense, right? He talked about, you know, the, the city of Chicago, right, how it's got a great skyline. I mean, you've got the lake front. He said, you know, even in the, in the interview he talked about how, when they're filming the game on TV and they do those cutaways of the game and they start filming downtown Chicago, you get that skyline. I mean, there's no skyline like the city of Chicago. You got the lake, the stadium's right on the lake. I mean, it's a, it's picturesque. It's perfect, you know, for, you know, for a stadium to be there. It's a good ambiance for people coming in town, visiting, going to the game. It's a great setup. So I'm in agreement with him in terms of trying to keep it downtown. I mean, we think of the Chicago bears, like you think of, That stadium being in Chicago, and I know me playing, you know, in Chicago, playing at Soldier Field, I loved it. I loved it. And, you know, I didn't have to worry about parking as a player and stuff like that. But in terms of being able to be downtown, there was nothing like getting up on game day, you know, heading down to the stadium, driving through the city, seeing the people, you know, walking to the stadium with all their Bears gear on. You know, even the opponents, they're. You know, their fans walking to the stadium and and even after the game, there's nothing like getting a big win and being able able to to go right downtown to one of your favorite restaurants. eating. You know, having fans right there in the same restaurant coming up to you, congratulating you on a good game or a good win. So in terms of the location, I'm in agreement. I think that, you know, my personal feelings, I think they need to keep it downtown Chicago. Like, what, what do you think, Pat?
1: I mean, listen. I, I think downtown is a is a great spot. If if you're gonna keep it, my only thing is do it right. You know what I mean? Don't don't undersell it. Don't undercut it. Don't. And I, and that's the one thing that I did love about what Kevin Warren brought up about the stadium was right. He he wants it to be like one of the reasons that he doesn't want to do the retractable roof is because it's saving the the type of material he wants to use. First off, allows you to sit inside. And feel like you're sitting outside. I love that already. But I'm inside, it's wintertime, and it feels like I'm outside. Like as long as it's in moderate temperature, right? We're gonna have good temperatures here. But making it feel like you're you're still in the elements. I love that. And the fact that he's like, the thing with the retractable roof is, you know, you put the roof on there and you so rarely use it. Yeah. You know, like, and it doesn't work with the material we want. So, if I'm not going to utilize it enough, why would I put it up there? And and more times than not, you're going not going to utilize it. And my issue was I was like, that keeps Bear Weather alive. If you want to do something where where you believe in Bear Weather, um, I'm not a big believer in Bear Weather. Sorry, Bears fans. Like, it it works sometimes. Like, I've been alive 29 years. I've seen it work against the the Rams when Jared Goff came here. And I, I want to say the Falcons or the Saints. It worked. It worked for the Saints too. They were a dome team when y'all beat the Saints. Yeah, I mean, like, like four or five times I've actually seen it like affect somebody. Every other time I'm just like, oh, look at that quarterback slinging the football in the snow. Like that grill, that bear weather really helped. So I'm glad that the. Um, I'm, I'm. I follow. I loved his thought process on the stadium as a whole. Right. It just. Just do it. My thing is just do it right. Don't do it to do it. The last regime. No disrespect to Ted. No disrespect to uh, um, anybody who was a part of that. But it. It was done poorly to me. Yeah. You took out twenty thousand seats. You landed a spaceship on top of the pillars just <laughs> to keep the pillars alive. And yeah, the pillars are cool. I. I respect what they mean. I understand the monument that that is there. But. Do something else with the pillars. Yeah. I mean, like, like just do the stadium, right? Like, you redid, what was the stadium get redone and what?
0: Uh, it was actually my first year. It was
1: 2003. It was, yeah. yeah. Something like that. And then, right, like, that's a recent enough update that I shouldn't have looked at it five years later and been like, what a piece of garbage.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, <laughs> And, I, and my takeaways, too, like you said, with him talking about the retractable roof, and he was saying, yeah, it, it sounds good. And I like the fact that he's so meticulous in his preparation. Like, he even talked about when they built the stadium up there in Minnesota, U.S. Bank, and I had the opportunity to go to that stadium. It's a great stadium. Yeah. Uh, you know, he said that they visited every dome stadium in the league, right, to get ideas, to see, you know, what worked and what wouldn't work when they were building that stadium up there in Minnesota. And he talked about the retractable roof, right? He said, Yeah, it sounds good, but it's really a waste of money because the teams that have retractable roofs, they don't even really retract it. You know what I mean? Because, and, and look at it like this, right? Here in Chicago, I get it, I understand bear weather. Lovey Smith, that was one of his mottos. like, hey guys, bare weather, guys. Like, hey, we'll go out of bare weather. You know, what I mean, I understand that, but guess what? I'm from Florida. I hated bare weather. I was I'm- gonna say, did you agree to like okay. not wear the sleeves and all that? Were you that listen, guy? Listen, Devin, so even even at practice, you know, we we had that beautiful that beautiful Walter Payton Center where we yeah. would and and we would never go in. We never go indoor because Lovey would say, Hey, we're gonna practice we're gonna play in the cold this weekend. It's gonna be snowing, we're gonna practice outside. You know, what I mean, I get it, but you know, all the guy we didn't care about no bare weather, man. We were cold. Like Devin used to go in the Walter Payton Center and catch kickoffs and punts and then come back out at practice. Like, I mean, we're out there freezing. And, you know, I get it, retractable roof. But when you look at Minnesota Stadium, like it is it is awesome. And that was my first time there uh this year, you know, being on the call for that game. And uh like I mean, it's the roof in terms of the sunlight that comes in, it does make you feel like you're outside. It's like you're in a yeah. uh a, a planetarium. You know what I'm saying? It, it's
1: mm, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a perfect way to describe. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what it's like, man. And, and then he talked about the, mater- oh, the EFT. I think that's the material, yeah. what they use on the roof. I think that's perfect here in Chicago. Right. And another, another good point that he brought up, Pat, that we didn't mention yet is, you know, you look at all these other stadiums, right. That have, that use their stadium for multiple uh, events. Right. And let's talk about Jerry Jones down there in Jerry's world. I call it right. He has boxing. He has concerts, he has football, you can have basketball. And those are things that Kevin Warren brought up during his interview. Like, imagine having like the Big Ten tournament, you know, at Soldier Field in the Dome here in Chicago or the new Soldier Field. You know what I mean? Or or imagine having, you know, the concerts that we have now. Right. But you have a dome to where you don't have to worry about it getting canceled because of rain, sleet, snow. You can have those those type of events year round. But guess what? The Bears are going to maximize, maximize off the profit and earn potential of having a dome, you know, I mean, because they can host more events without having weather cancel, you know, uh, you know, the event or canceling or being a factor in, t- uh, in determining whether or not that event can take place. So I think that's another good point that he mentioned. And he also talked about he's budget conscious. Right. So we're not just yeah. going to spend on a retractable dome just to have it to say, OK, let's open the dome now because we want a little snow on the field. Well, no it, 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 i'm budget conscious we're not going to use it let's save that money and he said we save that money for what the amenities for the fan experience yes look at the fan experience at all these new stadiums i mean i had a chance to go out to la and, and go to sofa i mean it's the suites are ridiculous i mean they're all around the field like if, if you if you make the fan experience if you if you make sure that's on a premium level well guess what you can justify raising ticket prices because fans are going to want to spend because they're going to want to be there because the fan experience is so great that they're not going to look at that increase in tickets because, OK, now we're getting something. OK, I've got a whole experience. I can be right there on field level. I can be closer to the players. I feel like I'm in the game. You know what I mean? So
1: and I mean, listen I mean, we, we simple. I can get out of my car and just go in the stadium. I don't gotta walk a country mile to get there and sit there and do. Listen, I love the I love the Green Bay sucks chant as much as the next person. I'm not gonna lie, I participate every time we walk through the tunnel. It's a tradition. Let's do it. I love every minute of it. But we're doing it because we cold. We need something else to focus on. I'm telling you you're ain't lying, bro. I, I,
0: and I see, man. And thank goodness, you know, I I don't have to walk a country mile. I haven't had to, but you know, leaving the stadium, I see those fans walking like there. I mean, and it's bitter cold out there, uh. man. Like these dudes are, you know. But like you said, it's it's the amenities saving that money on something that you're not going to use or that you don't think you're going to use that much in enhancing the fan experience, the fan accessibility in terms of parking. Like you said, like it's. I think that's a great idea. So, you know, I, I, I'm a huge fan of of Kevin. I think we're in good hands with with him. You know, trying to find the right location. I think one thing. Uh, that I like this. he said, "Hey, their time is money, so there is a timeline. Like there is a timeline. Yes. He said he wants to have this thing announced this year. He was telling Jared. So you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what they come up with, you know, how they figure this thing out. But I really do hope it's downtown Chicago.
1: Yeah, I, I hope that they're able to get it done. Is going to be really. um This is going to be a fun." Next experience for the Chicago Bears in totality, right? Even if, I guess, things don't go as planned with all of the draft capital and the players and things like that, right? Like, yeah. there's a new era that is in the city. And here's the thing. I keep saying this. Whenever Kevin Warren speaks, I get a feeling of, I know what I'm doing. Yep. And it's no listen, It's no disrespect to anybody who was there before, but it did feel like we're guessing. <laughs> you know what I mean? What that's we doing in this offseason? Yeah. You know, we're going to think about it, and sometimes the rain is white and the sky is blue and the blue is green, and when you get green, that's where you get the grass from. When you get to that grass, you got to have the lines on the grass. Thayer paints them sometimes, and we're here early, so bear down. What? Like, like every day, I couldn't take it no more, dog. So it feels like hearing somebody talk, that one is not, it, it doesn't ever feel like he's selling you a load of BS. Yeah, you feel it like doesn't. Comfort. It, 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 it's not, e- maybe it is comfort. Maybe that's the right word for it. Yeah, well, and the reason why too, Pat, I, mean, I I, when I
0: heard that and he went through like all the scenarios, he gave you the, what he was looking for. He gave you the why's that he didn't want certain things. The reason why I, I felt the sense of comfort, because here's a man who's been a part of this process before. And yeah. in, in terms of being a part of the process, the result is really nice. A stadium that I've been in that he was a part of. And that stadium up in Minnesota is really nice. Like it's, one of the best ones I had a chance to visit this year, like, by far.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, I mean, like, I guess here's the here's the here's what leads us into our next point, right? Because he's been a part of some really important stadium projects. Yeah. But when you heard his football and analysis yesterday, for me, when I hear him, again, sounds like a guy who's been around the game a long time. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a guy who's very intelligent. Sounds like a guy who knows what he's talking about. And he's the president of the freaking team. Do you take it all with a grain of salt, though, because he has been more involved business-wise over player-wise, right? When you hear, and we can go into each one, but I I think the one that was interesting was it felt to him like it seemed like he was all in on the draft hall. Mm -hmm. It seemed like he was all in on trade back. And and I think I, I say that with this is the most confident we've heard somebody talk since Ryan Pohl's gave a vote of confidence in Matt Eberflus at the end of the season, where, or, or going towards the end of the season, where he was like, we're getting it back together. We're figuring it out. We're keeping things on track. Here we go. We're moving in the right direction. Like, nobody was like, like, he was like, I love Matt Eberflus. This is what we got. We haven't heard somebody say something this definite since then. It's been a lot of vagueness when it comes to the quarterback, when it comes to the draft. This was, I think, that we can replicate what we did last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you think about the '85 Bears, where um you got what four? How many players we get in the first round in '85? Like, or it, just in that draft in general? I believe four Hall of Famers, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yeah, you got a ton of talent in the first in in, in that uh, uh, draft in '85, and he cites that as what the Chicago Bears could do here, going out and acquiring more talent. When you hear that, though, do you feel like this guy's got his pulse on on what's going on football-wise, or he's just the business guy?
0: No, I think he has a pulse on everything. You know, And he talked about year three being like the magical year in terms of where you can really have an idea or have a clear vision on where the team is going, right? So this would be year three for Coach Flues. And he felt like, you know, he even mentioned they did a lot of good things last year um, in terms of, you know, Coast right righted the ship, came back, put together a little winning streak. Did we finish the way we wanted to? No, but he says he likes the way this team is going. In terms of, he talked about the draft as well. You know, you talk about that '85 team in terms of how many guys you drafted that became starters and Hall of Famers. Well, let's look at how many guys we drafted last year that had an opportunity to start this year. Terrell Smith, Tyreek Stevenson. Um, you know, uh, I mean, a bunch of guys had an opportunity. Rashawn Johnson, I know, right? I know, right. Rashawn Johnson, you know what I'm saying? So you look at that, he's like, if we have another year in terms of draft and bringing in players that can help this team and help compete for jobs and starting spots, well then, hey, we're in good hands and and we're in a good position to do that with the draft capital that we already have and that we can acquire, you know, I don't know, depends on what happens uh, in terms of, you know, at the draft, but we also have money in free agency. So yeah. we're going to have another great year in terms of an offseason in terms of bringing in the players, that can really help this team turn the corner and really compete for an NFC North championship, but also compete for a playoff spot. I think we're on the right track, but I like the fact that yes, he, he's on business wise. He's on it. You know, he laid yeah. out the plan. He laid out the vision. He laid out the do's and don'ts and what he wanted in terms of the stadium. But he also talked about his relationship with Ryan Bowles, right? He talked about how their office is right next to each other. And, you know, you have two alpha males, he said, right. They have a lot of ideas and conviction about what they want, but right. at the same time, they have that, that relationship to where, you know, they, they spend time knowing one another so that way they can build a better working relationship. And he said the biggest the, the biggest relationship builder, that the biggest thing that builds relationship is, and, and trust is, you know, time on task. So, you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, he's going to be an integral part in determining what they do with this first overall pick, um, you know, and I think it's good that Ryan Poles can go to a guy Right. Who may not have the same type of football acumen in terms of evaluating players, but he can go to him and get a different perspective on guys and on the situation. You know, and, and I think that's huge. Having that type of person in which you can lean on and, and, yeah. and, and get a clear picture and a different view about which direction you should take to help, uh, you know, to help this team.
1: Yeah, and, and I misspoke on that too. I said the 85 draft. I meant the 85 team. It was the 83 draft where yeah. he was referencing with all the talent, right? Jimbo Cover, Willie Galt comes out of there. Tom Thayer comes out of there. Richard Dent out yeah. of that draft. And then, you know, 84, they they kept it rolling right along, right? And, and Wilbur Marshall, Ron Rivera, right? Like that, you, you got names in multiple drafts where you were like, and then all of a sudden there was this championship team that came from a lot of those young pieces. There was this team that was good through. Throughout the '80s, that came from the young pieces that you brought into the building and developed. And heck, if you can keep uh, uh, McMahon healthy throughout all of that, right? Maybe you end up being able to go out there and have continued success. Maybe you end up having the quarterback of your future in that sense. And we're not sitting here in 2024 talking about never having a quarterback. It's tough times out here sometimes, but. What what I, I I love what you said, right, about the working relationship because that's how I felt about it, right? Like I there's a lot of people who have been going at me on Twitter today, going at me in the comments today. It was just fine. Listen, we all got difference of opinions. I yeah. love that I love that uh, we're having this conversation on it, right? Like, but the fact that We were excited in the middle of the season that Kevin Warren was here. The fact that, oh my goodness, this is, we've got leadership in the building. We've got this, we're making things happen. He's not standing for the same things that have stood before. And then when he voices his opinion on what he feels the Chicago Bears should do, that we're trying to discredit what he's done in his NFL career, I'm not with that. Yeah. And and that to me is the part where it, not to say I, I got irritated by social media today, but it's one of those things where it's like you don't have to work so hard for your narrative to fit mm-hmm. that you're willing to discredit what somebody else has done. And that's kind of what unfortunately this era of media has become. Right. Yeah. For me to say that LeBron James is great. I have to say Michael Jordan played against plumbers for yeah. me to say yeah. that. You know, uh, um, Patrick Mahomes is the goat. I got to sit here and eviscerate all the Super Bowls Tom Brady won without being able to w- w- uh, w- with the defense instead of him being the reason that they won. To the su- right, like, and it's it's no like two things can be great, and I'm not gonna discredit one side because I believe in the other side. Yes. Do I want Justin Fields to be here? Yeah. Did I feel like this was a huge vote of confidence for the Justin Fields be here plan? I do. And I do feel like Kevin Warren has a say and has a a, a pulse of what's going on in the building and talks with Ryan Poles regularly and Ian Cunningham regularly about how he feels the team should be shaped. Do I understand that Poles has the final say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I if you think that you're in a working relationship, which I'm, I'm questioning some relationships out here that some of these people got. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't know. How's, how's life going for some of y'all, dog? Because like the the thought process is yeah, he's the boss, but he makes the decision. So it's hit what he says goes. Do you think that if they're not in simpatico step here moving forward, that doesn't create a rift in the relationship? Yes, Ryan Poles does get the final decision. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I think that it it would be a a decision that everybody would come together on in that front office.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing, too, you know, to your point, he also said that when he walks in that building, right, it's about he wants to help them be successful. He wants to help Ryan be successful, right? And the biggest thing that can really kill you is ego, right? If you have an ego, I know I, I'm I'm the boss and I want this, but... I'm the GM and I want this. Ego's a big killer. And ego will destroy relationship. Ego will destroy trust. Ego will have your team not being in the playoffs. You know, ego ego will have your team being at the bottom of the barrel of the NFC North again.
1: You know, Ego what ended what uh the Dallas Cowboys had. Exactly. And they haven't had it since.
0: Yeah, well, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? What happened? The Eagles, right, they came off. They were like what, eight and one? And all of a sudden they, you know, you're one and done in the playoffs because they were, I don't know, like it could have been stuff in the locker room. They're trying to figure out what happened. But
1: hey, hey, yeah. speaking of ego, San Francisco just fired uh, uh, um, their defensive coordinator. See,
0: see what I mean? Like, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, hey, NFL, right. man, it's, twenty-two it's, points in the Super Bowl, dog. Like, okay, or twenty-five points, I guess. Like, it's, it's a man's game, man. Woo! Like, they don't care. But but like you said though, he wants to come in the building. Right, his yes. job is to help Ryan Poles be successful. And vice versa. So I think that shows you the respect, the mutual respect they have uh, amongst each other, but it also shows that, hey, we're going to get this done and we're going to do it together. And I love that. I love that. And and yeah, he said all the things that we already know about Justin Fields. Yeah. Like he's got size. He's got ability. He's a great player. He's a great guy in the locker room. He's a great leader. He's great in the community. You know, he has the, the makings to be a potential, you know, great franchise quarterback. Yes. And the thing about Justin Fields is, we're not questioning his work ethic. The dude works. He wants to be great. But to say all that, I say this. And I'm not on, you know, I, I, I'm i a Justin Fields guy. But at the same time, I want whatever's whatever they feel is best for this organization. That's what In I want. In
1: polls, we trust, baby.
0: In polls, we trust. You know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, he's saying all that. And I don't think when he says that, that's kind of saying, okay, they're going to keep Justin and trade the pick yeah. or whatever. I think they're going to do whatever makes sense. All right. Whatever makes sense for this organization. They're gonna do it. And around the building, everybody has great feelings about Justin. He's a, a highly liked player in person in that in at Alice Law, in this organization. Everybody has nothing but positive things to say about Justin. But at the end of the day, they're gonna look at which road or which avenue do we take to make this team better? And if they they feel like somebody's better out there in the draft that can help them get over that hump and be a competitor in the NFC and make the playoffs and make a play uh, A push to get to the Super Bowl, then that's what they're going to do. But they are giving Justin his flowers, and I think they're giving Justin his flowers one because he deserves them because he's that type of individual, he's that type of player. But at the same time, you got to give him those flowers because if you are going to trade him, you got to make sure that stock is 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 always high. You got to make sure you're pumping it out there. Hey, Justin's this, Justin's that. We're going to keep him, and you got to find one of these, you know, these needy teams that need a quarterback that's going to make that jump, that's going to give you something nice for a great player or or a potential ascending player like Justin Fields.
1: And I think here's the thing, too. No matter which side you're on, the Justin Fields side, the Caleb Williams side, if you're a Drake mm-hmm. May guy, if you're a Jaden Daniels guy, like this is something. That, uh, mm-hmm. My producer on the breeze, uh, the super producer, Joel Holt, shout out to him. Uh, he He's, he's a – you take the draft hall, you move back to three maybe. You take the best player available if you feel that that's Jaden Daines, if you feel that that's Marvin Harrison Jr., it is what it is. But you could still take a quarterback in one of those positions, trade Justin Fields still, and now you have even more draft guys. He's like, why can't we trade for both of them? There's multiple quarterbacks available. Now, granted, Caleb is more on the the, uh, uh, better side, right? But I say all that to say, no matter what side of the argument you're on, Your front office, your head coach, your uh, 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 president of basketball or football operations, you you see everybody's in lockstep. Your assistant GM, everybody's talking. Do y'all remember what we came from? Do y'all remember like the, the six foot two hair model that like had his hood up? And was like, you know what I mean? Like, he was at a a, a UNC game, like watching Mitch in the shadows. And like, somebody's like, Ain't hey, you Ryan Pace? No, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Yet. Get out of here, but get his, his yeah. 20 bucks, have dinner, go go buy yourself something nice. Yeah. Like, 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 do y'all remember when we came? John Fox didn't know who we were drafting.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Man. Until
1: like, the day of the draft.
0: Yeah, that's that. But see, that's, that's what I talk about ego, right? Ego and the disconnect, right? The biggest thing, right? If you want to have success, as a coach and as an organization or as a, as a program or whatever, right. You've got it. Yes. There's going to be disagreements and everybody's not going to be on the same page all the time. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the trust has to be there. And I know that we all have to come to an agreement and work together if we want to be successful, because guess what? If there's ego and there's divide in, in the scouting department and the coaching staff, well, guess what? We're all transmitting different messages. Now there's confusion. With confusion comes losses. With confusion comes lack of success. With a lack of trust, right, comes a lack of production. Yeah. And as you see, like you just talked about, the 49ers defensive coordinator, goodbye. You won't be here long. You know what I'm it's saying? Crazy, so you've got to get it done. And I think that, um, you know, with that being said, when you look at, you know, it, it's another thing when looking at these quarterbacks, right? A big player... In determining what they do is going to be the new O.C., Shane Waldron. What quarterback does he feel yeah. that can run the system that he wants to implement here in Chicago? Is Justin the perfect fit? Can I fix the things Justin's lacking at? Can I accentuate his strengths? You know, can I teach and develop his weaknesses and make them strengths? Is Justin the perfect fit? Is Caleb Williams a guy who I feel like can come in and run the system and has the potential to be that franchise quarterback to help get us to the playoffs and potentially get us to that Super Bowl? Is Drake May one of those guys? Is Jay- is Jaden Daniels one of those guys? You yeah. know, I think those are all things that they're evaluating right now. And I know for a fact that Ryan Poljani and Cunningham, they've gone through, and with their scouting department, they've gone through different scenarios in the draft. They've had their own mock draft. They probably do it on the daily. If this happens, this is what we're going to do. If yeah. we take Caleb, they do this, we trade this pick, this is what's going to happen. You know what I mean? If we keep Justin, can we get uh, this for the number one pick? Uh, you know what I mean? So they've gone through so many scenarios because you don't know how the thing is going to play out. There may be a team that comes out of the woodwork and that wants to offer a historic haul for the number <laughs> one pick that we know we're not even talking about right now. And, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's a lot has to happen. I mean, the NFL combine is coming up. Yeah, players are going to be evaluated. I mean, there be there may be some guys who that that's high on the Bears draft board. It could be Kalen Williams who just bombs the interview process. you are like, man, this dude is man. Like, he doesn't know anything about the game. Like, his personality is not what we're well, looking for. I say him.
1: right, like even to the even to last year. Like, think about last year, right? Jalen Carter was the name. I don't know if you saw everything that's come out over the last you know, 48 hours about what Jalen Carter, him and some of the back and forth and stuff that he's going through. Yeah, but like. Guys, they, like, I, I think Jalen Carter is going to be a good player in this league. I don't think you need schoolboys. I don't. I don't think that you need uh, uh, the, the church choir standing there on your defensive line. But, like, it seems like there are probably some up and down character issues that may have popped up during the season with Jalen Carter. Would yeah. the Bears have been able to deal with that? I think Philly has the team to deal with that. I oh. think Philly has the leaders to deal with that. Not to say that he couldn't have been good here, but would the Bears have been able to go out there and deal with those issues? Character takes a place in all of this as well. So the interviews are going to be important. How Caleb comes off as a leader is going to be important because they know, are there questions at the quarterback position? Yeah, like there are. But they know they got a leader. Yeah, and it's the thing
0: too, though. When you look at Jalen Carter, right, <clears throat> like you mentioned, the perfect fit for him was Philadelphia. Why? Because there's a lot of veterans in that locker room. Kelsey was in there. You look at, I you mean, know, all yeah. them guys on the defensive line—all veterans, all veterans that can take a young rookie under their wing, a young rookie that has a lot of potential, a young rookie that contributed and was going to contribute. They take him under his wing. They show him the ropes. You know, my, when I came out, I was with the Eagles as well. Andy Reid, like I said, was was our head coach, and in our running back room, uh, we had Deuce Staley, who's a coach now. Brian Mitchell, who had been in the, in the league forever, one of the one of the you know one of the great return men in this league as well uh Dorsey Levens had been in the NFL for a long time the only rookies in that room was myself and Brian Westbrook you know and and so we had an opportunity to be around a lot of veterans you know Troy Vincent yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Jeremiah Trotter was there Hugh Douglas Brian Dawkins Donovan McNabb all the Antonio Freeman and I say these things I say these guys names is because they were very instrumental in teaching me myself but also all the other rookies on what it took to be a pro the do's and don'ts that's what you have to do stay out of trouble don't do this don't do that you better be on time holding us to a standard that would give us an opportunity to be successful and if I didn't have that type of locker room my rookie year <clears throat> I don't think I would have played as long as I played so <clears throat> that being said you look at the Bears locker room right <clears throat> you have a lot of young guys so I don't think that <clears throat> if you have a young guy Coming into a locker room with a bunch of young guys, who's a veteran? Yeah. Who do they go to for that veteran leadership? I know on the back end, in terms of our secondary, it was Eddie Jackson. Now, I know I see we saw that firsthand in camp. Uh, Pat, we saw every time Tyreek Stevens came off the uh, the practice in training right, camp, man. he went right to Bojack. Yeah, right? same thing with Terrell Smith. And I think if you don't have that type of guy, um, that type of veteran who's willing to take the rookies under their wing and to help mentor them, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a struggle
1: yeah no for sure it, it's It's a situation that the bears are in now where i'm I'm excited because I feel like the people I, i'm not this is crazy to say I'm not even excited because of the players. I'm excited because it feels like the people at the top can consistently make the right decision. like it like that gets me because building teams long term is the goal. Not the pop-up teams, right? Ryan Pace built a 12-4 a, a and four football team. Right, right. A, a successful team. They, they played well. They dominated throughout the season. Offensive issues, a little up and down, right? But like young quarterback, oh, okay, we feel like we're moving in the right direction. You get to the playoffs, all right? The, the game's not going how we hoped it would go. But you know what? Mitch drove you down the field. He's got you in a position for a field goal. You missed the field goal. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, that's, that sucks, man. But you know what? We'll be back next year. No, we weren't, because you couldn't keep building the team, and that's the part that gets me the most excited. Is I feel like we have a John Lynch situation. I feel like we have a uh, uh, um, a Patriots situation right now. When Bill Belichick was dominating by actually picking the guys right the way uh, and developing them, uh, I, I feel like we have a a you know a Seattle situation when they were going through their Legion of Boom era where. You just started looking and you're like, how the heck do they keep finding these guys and we can't get one guy right? How does he keep... Like, where what, what did you what do you find it? The sixth round? <laughs> right. Why is he so good? He was in the... How did nobody scout this guy? I, I feel like we're entering that era of Bears football and that excites me. And to me it's whether whether you feel that Kevin Warren should have a say, shouldn't have a say, should be involved, shouldn't be involved. I would have a problem with it. If Kevin Warren steps in and he's like, you know what? I can't let you trade away Justin Fields. Cause that's undercutting your GM. who I believe has done a good job here. Yeah. But to say that you don't believe that your GM should have an in or your, your president of football should have an input in what's happening with the football team. Like, I get it. He's not a scout. He's not a he's not a GM. He's not a talent evaluator and stuff like, but the man's been in football 20 plus years. I think he knows a little bit of something about what he's looking at.
0: Yeah, for sure. And everybody's gonna have an opportunity to present their case. You know, what I mean, yeah. I'm sure Ryan Polds are gonna do his due diligence to really listen to everyone's presentation in right. terms of the direction they think they should go. That's why he has a scouting department, <clears throat> because he has guys who, you know, may have seen something throughout the process that he hasn't. That's why you have these scouts, these college scouts. They go out and they they scout all these teams, right? They scout all these areas, like right. And and like whoever's been scouting the West Coast or that that area, they've been they they know they've got a thorough evaluation of Caleb Williams, right? And Ryan Poles is going to lean on that person because that person has been to more games. He's seen him play in person. He's talked to every everybody in that in that USC facility. About Kayla Williams all the way down to the janitor. Hey, does he clean up his mess? You know, does he throw his trash away? You know, at his locker. How is he? How is he? Uh, you know, amongst the, the 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 cooking staff. How is he with you know his teammates? How he is How is he with the training staff? How is he with his coaches? Like they are not going to leave no stone unturned because all that's an evaluation in terms of character, and they also want to see if the the character matches the skill set that they see on tape, right? So. Everybody's going to have a chance in terms of in that in that player personnel room and that scouting room to present yeah. what they think should take place. But at the end of the day, the choice is going to be Ryan Poles to be made. But rest assured, he is going to take all of that information that he has from everybody from the presentation, and he, that's all going to uh, play a part in him making the decision. And that's what those guys are there for. That's what they get paid for, to help give thorough evaluations, to make sure that he has all the information that all the information possible they can collect on not just Caleb, but what they do at number nine and throughout the entire draft, on yeah. every single player. So that, that way on draft day, they're not, there's no questions that have to be answered. Oh, we want to take Caleb Williams, but Hey, didn't you say he he got a – how many speeding tickets did he have? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know all that stuff. <laughs>
1: hey, <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know all that stuff. I just said, he said, Boy, I, I didn't realize the NFL was the FBI until they called me on something that, <laughs> that, uh, that I didn't
0: know they was going to know anything about. <laughs> they are going to know, man. And they'll go back. They'll ask your high school coach. You know what I mean? They'll. They, I've had a, uh, you know, a last year, a team called – we had a guy that went to the Jets, got drafted in the sixth round from the school I coach at. And they called and was asking how he was as a player, you know, how was he uh, with his teachers, how was he in the building, stuff like that. They're going to evaluate everything. And as a player, you got to make sure that you have all the right boxes checked off and so that way, you know, you, you have a good thorough evaluation so that way you do have an opportunity. And I think that's, that's what the Bears are going to do. They're going to make sure that when they're evaluating these players, yeah. not just a number one, not just a number nine, you know, Throughout the entire draft, they're going to make sure that the individuals that they're bringing into this building, one, fits our culture <clears throat> in terms of character, in terms of fits what we're trying to do, you know, based on his position. Does he fit the criteria, high speed, weight, you know, all that stuff that we're looking for? It, does he fit the criteria that we want in terms of what we want the Chicago Bears to look like? And I think those are all factors. So, hey, if Caleb Williams or Jane Downs or, or Drake Mayer or, or one of these other highly touted quarterbacks, If they fit the description and they're worthy of number one and the Bears feel like that individual quarterback gives them a chance, you know, now and long term to be successful more more so than what Justin Fields can bring to the table, guess what? That's what's going to happen. But if not, if they feel with conviction that, hey, Justin Fields is is ascending and we felt like we got a coordinator and we're putting in a system and we have a quarterback coach that can really develop and coach him, well, guess what? We'll trade that pick, get more and keep building around a guy who we have here, who we feel who we're already high on, who's yep. already in the building.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It's gonna be uh, like I say every day, it's gonna be interesting to see what the Bears do long term, man. We what we got? Huh? Right. Uh, how far to the draft? Like this is this is gonna be insane. Right. Now, what I will say is this keep an eye out on the date to keep an eye out for, uh uh guys is is and gals, I guess, is um I believe 10 days after the combine last year, we traded the first overall pick. Yeah. So see what, see kind of where we, at. if we start getting a little bit past that, we might be, uh, it might be, might be time to, to, to let guys go. Yeah. What I mean, but we'll see what this bears team is going to end up doing. Uh, I'm just glad that we have somebody like Kevin Warren, who's at the forefront of this, and I feel like he is a a really good answer for the Bears uh, to continue to get better and to keep the standard held high. That's what it all comes down to. I mean, um,
0: doesn't it feel good to you, though, Pat? Like <clears throat> two years in a row, like Chicago is the like the epicenter of the offseason. Like, there, there's no show that you can. There's no show that you can watch. There's no radio that you could, sports radio that you turn on and listen to. And when you're talking NFL, you're talking football that the Chicago Bears name is not mentioned. Yeah. And it's great. Be- why? Because this thing has been set up like we talked about for sustained success, right? Sustained success, being major players in the off season in terms of the draft, in terms of free agency. Like it hasn't been like this in a long, and I don't know if it's been like this ever.
1: I, I It's never been like this. It's not, At least since I've been alive, right? Listen, the, the, the Super Bowl year was amazing, and and of course, but like even then, I don't really remember, and you will remember better than me. I don't remember like ESPN and them talking about y'all a ton. I feel like every week it was like the Bears have a great defense, like but you know this is probably the week, and then they would move on to talk about the teams that they felt should win the Super Bowl, right? Like yeah. the big story that year was was the fact that Manning was that his no, that's the second time he went to the bowl, right? don't oh, know, it was his first time going to the Super Bowl, yeah, right?
0: Remember the second time he went was when he was in Denver, and they got the brakes beat
1: off him by the Seattle Seahawks. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I thought I thought Manning has been to – was that his first Super Bowl? I thought he's been first. to four.
0: Yeah, his first Super Bowl because what happened was they can never get over the hump against the New England Patriots. Remember, yeah. they always beat them in the AFC Championship game. So they finally got over the hump, and then they played us, and, you know, they, they beat us, but – that's what happened. But so uh, yeah, man, I mean it's 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 a great time. Like we keep saying every pod, we talk about this, right? It's a great time to be a Chicago Bears fan, right? You've, oh yeah, you've got three Chicago former Chicago Bears, Chicago Bear alumni going into the Hall of Fame, right? You've got the number one pick, you've got the number nine pick in the draft, right? I mean, it's beautiful. We got a ton of money in free agency. Like, if we're so set up for success and we have so much momentum like behind us right now, like it's awesome. It's awesome to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I think with whatever they do, I think you know whether they keep Justin, they trade him, or whatever, we're set. We're in a good situation where this team is on the right track, and that's one thing that Kevin Warren talked about, right? He talked about year three, you know, seeing the the path of, of or the trajectory that this team is on, right? And it's definitely it's definitely on an upward trend, like in terms of where we're at, in terms of what we have, uh, in terms of you know what we can do, draft, free agency, and all that stuff it's gonna be exciting to see what happens here in year three with yeah. the other undercoach flues.
1: Hey, and we're gonna be here covering all of it, dog. This is what a perfect time to has, get a bears podcast started on ESPN, oh, dog. I ain't gonna to lie to you. Like, this, this is, we we out here dominating now, bro. I, I I can't wait for the for the come up of all of this, man. This is gonna be a, a great time, as I said, man. Like, but we appreciate y'all for tuning in, showing love as you do. Before we get up out of here, um, this is a developing situation, so prayers to everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, In Kansas City, shots apparently rained out at the Super Bowl parade. Multiple people were struck by gunfire um, near Kansas City Union Station at the conclusion of the Chiefs Super Bowl parade and rally. The parade, uh, which ended with the rally near Union Station, was taking place on Wednesday when reports of shots emerged. Wow. Prayers to everybody dealing with that. Don't know what the outcome of that is as we're recording this right now, but um, that that's.
0: Yeah, that's awful, awesome, man. Yeah. That, prayers, that prayers prayers up for sure, man. I mean, it's it's, it's sad when you have such a, a great day, you know, a great time. The highest the highs,
1: a, highs, dog. Yeah,
0: a, a huge accomplishment, you know, you're bringing it back, back to back to, to the city of Kansas City, and you have something like this happen. So, you know, prayers, prayers to those affected by this, definitely.
1: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully nobody um seriously injured and everybody's able to come out of that with a good outcome. But outside of that, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five-star view. Y'all know what to do for Jason McKee's, your boy Path the Designer. Back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bad done. The offseason's ours.